At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah, but you're not stupid. No, I'm not stupid. I'm dumb, but like not, but like a good dumb. That's exactly what my daughter says about me. You're dumb, but in a good way. You're funny dumb, but you're dumb. So literally exactly what she says. If you're, I you're dumb, ever called dumb. one of my parents dumb, I would get my ass kicked so hard that I would not be here today. The reason not in- my family is the way it is with things like that is primarily my fault. They're just following yeah. my lead, basically. You- yeah. I'm a clown. I'm an absolute Don't clown. Need- You're and a clown. I've raised clown. clowns. There's a whole story I need to tell you about clowns that has come up. Don't do it now because uh, unless you want to be part of the show because I, I started recording. No, no, no. I, I will. Clown, I, clown I just know there's just a big clown stories for later. Clown stories for later, everybody. Except by everybody, I mean nobody because it's just us. Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Super Such Good Shit Show, pal. Super Super Such Good Shit Show, pal. The 10th. Yeah, but you forgot the first part of it. Where we combine the well, two shows. Well, the Greg shows. DeMarco and hashtag. No, yes, it's yes, the hashtag it, yes, is, Miranda and Greg DeMarco. It is the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco, sup, super such good shit show, pal, the 10th. Nice little nod on the 10th. Nice little nod. He'll appreciate yes. that if he listens. Yes. Yes. I, I hope so. I've actually said that a, a few times this weekend. I uh, did lots of Lucha Libre shows um, over the three days. Literally three Lucha Libre shows in three days. So many tacos were eaten. 
And I don't mean that in any stereotypical way. Literally, there was so many tacos. That's just what there was to eat. That's just what it was. And I do not turn down tacos. No. Ironically enough, as we record this show on a Tuesday with no tacos. That is true. I've had no tacos today. Me neither. I had tacos over the weekend as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, It's a magical night. As we are doing another super such good shit show, pow, another super show of the hashtag Miranda show and the Greg DeMarco show tonight. Uh, no Petro Dowd. Um, we will miss you one for the homies pour it out. Um, but, but you are here. I would even say in spirit, but not really because nah. this show is going to be ridiculous. So uh, no trace of Patrick O'Dowd tonight. <laughs> It'll be all right, though. We'll, we'll make it through. We'll make it through. We'll make it. We'll make yeah. it but here, here you go, Patrick. Yes. Go down. Awesome! I came to... Okay. Yes. Well, the headline for the so, Super Such Good Shit show, Pal, is uh, a headline of it in and of itself, as we do on the Hashtag Miranda show. Uh, we do, do our IZW wrap-up show uh where we wrap up the most recent izw event this past saturday was king of the jungle uh, a very monumental night full of history and nostalgia commemorating the one and only hawaiian lion in his final wrestling match uh so a lot to unravel and unwind for izw on this week's show which i'm very excited to do of course with you the one and only unstoppable one the kingpin of the chair shot.com he is a wrestling promoter if you didn't know greg demarco you're welcome and of course the opening theme of the song today was the theme song that was literally made just for the hawaiian lions final match as it was a mix of the themes he has used throughout his career Going back to the first, which I remember from when I announced him in 2006, that being his theme song and then progressing through the years. Of course, the one that he's used for a good bit, good bit of time now. So, mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, I'm Miranda Morales. I am the Twitterless heroine, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants herself, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess. And most importantly, the queen of soft style. Shut up! N- not really talk, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't actually just, shut up. Just literally. It's, it's a soundbite, and the soundbite's meant to be funny, but like, yeah, don't actually shut up. Like, like we need you. For those, for those of anybody who doesn't understand sarcasm uh, um, or crude humor, this is not the show for you. Let's just put such that out there right shit. now. Such good shit. Pal. Joe. Uh, uh, Pal the 10th. So with that, before we get into tonight's main topic, though, Greg, Gregory, uh, doesn't matter if we're doing the Hashtag Miranda show or the Greg DeMarco show. There is something that we always do. What's that? You know what that is? I do, but Greg, I'm asking anyway. We owe. Please wind it up. It's time. 
Is it indeed time? It is time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own IZW and chairshot.com t shirts. Yay! Yes. of amazing t-shirts all in support of IZW and thechairshot.com. And starting Wednesday, May 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a sale, which will only last for 24 hours, will be happening. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this show, there's still time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and use the promo code MAYHAM and get 20% off your order. That's M-A-Y-H-E-M because it's going to be what, Greg? What, what? What? What is it going to be? Mean? It, it, well, it's not what it's going to be, but it's already May. Oh, I got. I gotta find that. There we go. It's gonna, it's gonna be May. I mean, come on. I think. By the way, yeah, just keep going. Yes, keep on going. Uh, and you can all keep on going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Of course, we have a lot of great, awesome designs, uh, of course, for IZW, uh, like the IZW NWA logo, the IZW uh, NWO look, uh, so, so many um, great logos. Of course, the chair shot linear t-shirt, the IZW linear t-shirt, multiple, always use your head shirts as well as the hashtag save tag team wrestling t-shirt the unofficial official t-shirt of patrick o'dowd the queen of soft style t-shirt and of course everybody hates greg we also have baron corbin sucks chair shot worldwide chair shot 316 uh so much more available at pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot and again don't forget my, my, uh, Monday, Wednesday, May 11th for 24 hours, only 20% off your entire order. So that means you can order any t-shirt in soft style and, and still save money. So it's basically what free. Are you waiting like for? Go to pro- the, the, the soft style yeah, pretty portion much would be free. Upgrade. Yeah. It's like a free upgrade. T-shirt. It's a free upgrade. You, you just got upgraded free, from business class upgrade. to first class. There you go. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yep. It's nothing like that. I love that. Yes. Yes. It's absolutely like that. You 100%. upgrade from business class t-shirt to first class t-shirt when you upgrade any t-shirt in soft style. So don't forget the promo code mayhem for 24 hours only at pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot. That is pro wrestling com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. King of the Jungle. This past Saturday... Sun Studios in Tempe, Arizona, 
And this was what this past Saturday, May 7th. Yep. Uh, commemorating, honoring, acknowledging, celebrating the career of the Hawaiian lion. Um, a staple right here in the state of Arizona, but someone who's traveled the United States and the world uh, wrestling. And so, uh, Greg, before we get into the review of King of the Jungle, I'd love for the listeners to know a little bit about your history with the Hawaiian lion and why this night meant so much to you uh, and really the effort, you know, really why, why was this a big deal? I mean, God, that's such a loaded question. So, and I t- I've told this story, I don't know if I've told it on the show, but I told it especially Saturday night um, since, you know, to keep things somewhat organized after the main event, we were like, okay, I'm talking first. Navajo Warriors talking last. Anybody else can talk in between. But if Navajo's talking and you haven't talked, sorry. Like, that's just you mm-hmm. know, how it goes. Um, I first met Hawaiian Lion in 2006. It was the first show I ever ring announced. And as I told the, I've, I've said this portion of the story before and I said it there, um, completely lied about the experience I had, everything. Like, the only reason I'm here doing this today is because I boldface lied to get in the door to ring announce for rising phoenix wrestling um <laughs> far from the worst thing on that show too and um and and he was you know didn't know who the hell i was anything and he was the first and probably that show the only person to be nice to me and and who knows if that didn't happen maybe i just would have been like f this i'm not doing this these people are mm-hmm. assholes and just never come back and then pff, none of us are here doing this right now so and it's just he's always been like we always kept in touch, you know, when when Navajo Warrior couldn't be around the IZW Tuesday night events because of work. Uh, John w- was booking and needed some help booking. And I ended up booking in secret at first and, and then eventually overtly booking mm-hmm. the IZW events. I used to email him ideas. One day I emailed him like a whole list of ideas. And and so he's out there telling people what to do. This is what it is. And someone had some questions and he was just like, I don't know, go ask Greg. He wrote it. And then from then on, it was just like, okay, Greg's booking the shows. And then we did that through kind of the end initially of IZW when the sets closed. But then he's always been there. Like when I did PHX Wrestling, he was the first person I called. He was in the first match. He was the first person to even make an entrance. When I took over, and that was 2016, when I took over the book for Sonoran Championship Wrestling, which, you know, right, terrible experience led to a lot of wonderful things. And including, again, this podcast. As he, as many things in wrestling do. Right? <laughs> Um, I don't know why it is. There's so many terrible things that happen yeah. in wrestling that lead to such good things. But if you get if, know, if people listening, you have no idea what I'm talking about. The last show I ever did for Sonoran Championship Wrestling was the night I met this woman named Miranda Morales. And me. The, that is her. The rest is history. Um, the first person I added to the roster because it needed some additions was the Hawaiian Lion. I wanted to add three people, I got to add two people. I will tell you who number three is off air because you will laugh. Um, and then uh, and 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 he was there. And then when we brought back IZW, I, I wanted a strong main event for the very first show back. Who did I put in the main event? It was the Hawaiian line. He's always been there. He's always been part of that because I get asked this all the time. Uh, if, if I go when I go talk to wrestling students or, or just talk to people, whatever. It's it's a simple, you know, it's an easy question, right? You'd ask in a job interview, you'd ask in any setting. What do you look for? What do you look for in this position? Or in that case, what do you look for in a wrestler when you're booking wrestlers for the show? And I think people are always taken aback when I tell them trust. 
Because what do they think? Look, in-ring ability, promo skills, charisma. Yeah, there's a threshold and you need to have those things. But a lot of people have those things. Not everybody, but I can find those things. I need to know that I can trust you. That I can trust you to go out there to, to put into play what we have on paper or something better than what we have on paper and to, to put our name on your back, whatever company it is, in this case, IZW, in front of the audience who we call the IZW family. And I can trust you with that. And, and every time I've needed somebody I could trust, it was John. And he was always the first person I went to every single time. Mm-hmm. And that was true. We've talked about it on this show. I think the first ever recap we did was was Monster 2021. And that was, of course, the night that Thugnificent became the IZW World Heavyweight Champion. Well, that was the Monster Rumble. 13 people. It comes down to the final two. Who's the other person? It's the Hawaiian Lion. We've told the story on this show. The format, everything said Hawaiian Lion was winning. The champion himself didn't even know. Yeah, but we trusted the Hawaiian Lion with that responsibility to make him to to solidify, and and it's, it's always been that. It's always been that way, and um, and so that leading into Monster Twenty Twenty One was the first time he and I had that. Hey, I'm nearing the end of my career conversation, and that's when we had literally before Monster Twenty Twenty One, we knew. That he would be the challenger at Monster 2022. That he in that we, in May of 2022 we were going to do King of the Jungle. This event has been planned, has been on the books on paper, whatever for 15 months. Like that's you know we joke about how wrestlers will hit you up three days before a show asking if they can get booked, and I'm like, how bad at this do you think I am? I knew about this 15 months ago. Now, did I have the entire card yeah. planned out? No, of course not. There's people on the, that wrestled on this event that didn't that I didn't even know existed 15 months ago. But yeah. that's how long this has been in the works. And that's how kind of like when we started IZW back in October 2019, I knew we were going to do NAV 30 November of 2020. And, <laughs> and so these are big, important moments in the history of a wrestling promotion and for these people. And that responsibility is something that I don't take lightly. <laughs> And I'm floored by it at times. And I was floored by Nav 30 and I was floored by King of the Jungle because here's this guy who's been doing this for 20 years and he could have, he could have chosen to have his final show some other way and he didn't. Mm-hmm. So I talk about trust. I talk about trust. Well, he trusted me. He didn't ask for anything. He never checked on anything. He wasn't worried about anything. He just trusted we were going to give him the proper send off the proper final night and and we did and that was just um yeah that was was huge and 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 i was there was a lot of gravity to it a lot of weight to it i wanted it to be the best show it could possibly be i wanted it to be a memorable event i didn't want people to leave only remembering that the hawaiian lion retired and i honestly think we ended up this is probably in my opinion again i'm biased Top to bottom, I think this is the best show that's ever been put on in this state. Mm-hmm. I really do. There was one match. I won't say which one it was on air because that's not fair. There was literally one match that didn't have the crowd absolutely on fire. And we didn't do spot fests. We did storytelling. We did wrestling that yeah. some people love and some people hate. And 
240, that's how many chairs we had in there, we're all full and people were standing. So probably 250 plus people were on fire the entire time from start to finish, yeah. save for one match. And, and they were still into it. They just weren't on fire for it. And that was like, I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we put together an event that pluck Hawaiian Lions retirement out of it. We're still talking about how amazing this show was. And that's yeah. something that I take a lot of pride in. But that all takes a back seat to the fact that we gave this extremely important individual, this very widely beloved individual, the send-off he deserves for the career that he's had. I hope that was that's probably and, more than what you bargained for when you asked that question. Well, and I think, well, uh, even just the fact of the explanation behind it, you know, when someone within your local wrestling community retires and one, it's within their control. You know, a lot of times in wrestling, you don't get to you don't get to plan out your last match. Sometimes it happens for you. Sometimes life does that. Um and so for the Hawaiian line to be able to plan this out as long as in advance as he did and have that control over that is a rarity and something that should be celebrated, but also someone who overall has a very calm demeanor, someone who's more quiet, someone who is a big observer and watches uh, everything around him, but someone who has such a very large presence and influence within the Arizona community, within IZW, you know, that is as big as it gets. And, and that is also, I think, a very big reason why King of the Jungle was as successful as it was and why it came together in the first place, the way that it did to celebrate someone who has touched so many people, fans and wrestlers and people, you know, behind the scenes, um, in such a, an impactful way and people wanting to celebrate it and honor it. And, you know, just, just to give him a send off that justifies all of the work and dedication that he's put into his career. Um, and how really, especially in IZW over the past year, he really was selfless um, and, and overall has been, but very intentionally, over the past year has been very selfless in his approach to his matches and the people that he's faced and every person that he's faced through and through, um, you know, wanting what's best for them. A very unselfish person. It's funny you say that, you know, if you look back at the history of IZW from the return, October 2019 to now, guy didn't win a whole lot. Sure didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but won his last match. So yeah. there you go. Not ever. Usually you yes. go out on your back, but well, this situation yeah. is a little bit different. Got to win his last match. Oh. Yeah. So we're actually going to start with the VIP portion of the night um it did kick off with a q a with the hawaiian lion the only other time we did this was with the navajo warrior for nav 30 um this was um you know uh, in full transparency as i mentioned earlier i uh did three shows in three days i was not here um i was out in california uh doing a, a lucha libre show out in cathedral city um as part of, of mass republic and lucha libre mexicana um so in place you had the wonderful team of course jacob east my announcing partner who uh you know took charge of the 
night, but as well as Jeremy McPeak um, was part of the event as well and, and many many people um were a part of that night so it also was great um to know in very good hands with jeremy and jacob um but jeremy hosted the vip q a with the hawaiian lion um and then that led into um, the VIP match of the night, which was uh, our tag team match of Lights, Camera, Faction, specifically Watson and Action Braxton versus Dallas King and MBW. Uh, this was after the events that happened in Coolidge a few weeks ago with Lights, Camera, Faction getting the win over Dallas King, MBW, EJ Sparks, uh, and um, uh, Roman um Roselle. Oh my gosh, why is this? Oh, Roman Roselle. Um, it really was some nefarious means with a low blow to MBW. Now they were able to try and exact some revenge um, against Light's camera faction. Uh, Greg, tell me a bit too more about, about this match. Um, and really, does the, I mean, I feel like the stakes were, were, fairly high for both Dallas King and MBW wanting to get that, that revenge, that, that payoff uh, against lights, camera faction and lights, camera faction continuing to kind of make their statement about being the most dominant faction, you know, one of them in, in all of Arizona. Yeah. It's very different, you know, two different sides of, of the equation. You've got Dallas and Mike who are really coming together as a tag team and and have figured out a lot of that in IZW and then you got Lights Camera Faction who was you know unstoppable and has not lost in the state of Arizona coming into this night and um and and yeah the stakes were high you've got you know Dallas and Mike I mean if they get a win over two members of Lights Camera Faction that's huge and then Lights Camera Faction had everything to lose and uh and and that was just you know and now that they were setting up the rest of the night because you've got their other two members in high profile matches um, that that were going to take place later in the evening, and that's all the momentum in the world. Um, and again, it's another example. Like we don't waste our VIP matches. We don't just throw whatever out there. It's a match of value. It's a match that matters. A match that's important, and this was one of those as well. Um, and and you know, just like everything else, delivered. Uh, Lights, camera, faction winning this match by pinfall. Um, and, you know, a real disappointment, I'm sure, for, for Dallas King and MBW um, because they came into this really with very clear vision about their target. But, you know, Lights, Camera, Faction um, are a very strong team. And any uh, mix of the four of them, um, that's also kind of a, a very interesting part about this is that you can have any two members of lights camera faction and they have such good chemistry such good teamwork um and so that's a a big strength of theirs um also you know the the art of distraction is something that they've really relied on they know how to work around uh things that may happen outside of the ring and use that to their advantage yeah it's it's um you know, the nefarious means struck again. Um, and I'm not sure that Watson and Braxton have ever teamed up, just the two of them, before this mm-hmm. um, before this match. So uh, maybe they have. And that's, yeah, that's a but, testament. Well, and, and again, it's not as 
where I believe Watson and Fresco have partnered a little mm-hmm. bit more. Fresco and uh, Braxton have partnered a pretty frequently as well. And the three of them have. So right. you're right about the exact well, I don't think they, those two Watson just specifically. Yeah, those two. And again, I think that's the interesting thing. You may think that they're at a disadvantage over a team like uh, MBW and Dallas King, who have been a tag team now for over a year. Um, but Lights Camera Faction as exactly that, a faction as a full team, um, you know, their individual parts are strong and any combination of them are just as good. Um, so that's what makes it leads to, to entertaining matches. And in this case, the win for them, um, during the VIP main event, we head into the main portion of our show, of course, with the welcome from Jeremy, Jeremy McPeak. And then our very first match of the main show, a triple threat match, uh, Miko Maestro versus Dante King versus Mike G, um, Miko uh, getting his debut uh, at uh, Cool Town Clash, uh, Dante King, who's been already seen um, from IDW fans previously, and Mike G, uh, really the OG of, of this match, uh, the veteran and someone who has been clawing his way, you know, to get into steady ground on the IZW roster. And, you know, though you have Miko and Dante, you know, being the, the younger counterparts, um, you know, that too can present its own challenge, you know, just because Mike is the vet didn't necessarily mean he came in with the clear advantage. Um, but, he did end up getting the win on this and it is showing that, you know, just because he is an OG, there's still plenty of fight left in Mike G. Oh yeah. Mike G is no pushover. He, he's, you know, he's Mike G for a reason. I remember when he wanted to come back, everybody was very excited about that. And of course he gets the reaction that he always gets. Um, and yeah, he was not going to back down from these two. At all, uh, great showing for everybody, and and all you know, Miko is second appearance for IZW so far, and, and um, doing great, and and you know continue to to work moving forward. And Dante, um, you know, will soon be announced for for what he he'll be back in August as well, and for what he's doing there will be announced soon. But yeah, everybody, all three guys, you know, get to factor in the plans moving forward, and all three will be there in August, and. Just very excited about it and a great way to open the event, you know, a great way to open, uh, you know, open the show. And yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, continued that legacy, that IZW original that is always, you know, it's, it's that mix, right? We've got to have IZW was always about the young talent. And now the young talent or the, you know, the original young talent are now the originals, but we still got the new young talent. So you got to find that balance because yeah. the fans want to see both, especially in an IZW event where, there are a portion of our fans that they don't go to anything but IZW. They want to see the originals. So we've got to give them that plus the people who will later be originals. So yeah, this was that. Up next, we had Bryn Thorne versus Miss Anna May with very special cast referee. And I'm just very partial to this referee, uh, Morgan. Uh, and you know, you wonder, first off, we know the history between Bryn Thorne and Morgan, um, really fighting, uh, all throughout IZW last year, um, led to a match where Bryn Thorne defeated Morgan and kind of staked her claim as 
the best women's wrestler in the state of Arizona. Uh, Anna Mae coming back to the squad circle in a competitor mode. She has previously been, uh, of course, a manager to Mr. Classic. She was a referee for a few shows and now coming back into competition. Uh, This one, you would, you know, know Morgan is someone who is tough but fair. Um, however, I wondered how she was going to approach this match, uh, if she could truly be fair and be, uh, objective knowing her history with Bryn Thorne. Um, and on paper, you know, with just that Bryn has been competing regularly now, uh, very consistently, not only in IZW, but all over the West coast, you would think that she had the advantage, uh, but, Anna May ended up with the surprise uh, pinfall in this. I believe it was a, a roll-up. Um, and really cap getting everyone by surprise, especially Bryn. Yeah, we'll give her credit. It was a small package. You know, let her, let her show her skill. A small package. But, um, yes. Yeah, you know, there was obviously some back and forth. Morgan was not taking crap from anybody, either of, of the women in the match. And... Uh, and that's what brought them to where they were. But yeah, it was all about that. And, and that arguing just went a little too far and, and took the opportunity to open the door for anime to hand Bryn Thorne her first loss in IZW, anime's first win in IZW, her first match in IZW. And now we're, you know, we're off to what's next for the women in IZW, which of course came right after this match. Yeah, of course, the commissioner himself, Derek Monty. He came out uh, knowing how upset Bryn was in order to somewhat calm her down, announced uh, a very innovative match that she's going to be a part of, um, a cycle circus match in which she's going to be one of five women competing. And the winner will be declared the new IZW World Women's Champion. And so we are finally going to be crowning our women's champion in IZW. And now uh, Bryn Thorne has this opportunity to put pen to paper to uh, talk the talk and walk the walk as she's been claiming and proclaiming being the best women's wrestler in Arizona. She now has that opportunity to compete for the IZW World Women's Championship as part of the Cycle Circus match at Cycle Circus in August. Yep, and the details have still not been announced, but will be soon. Um, Bryn Thorne, you know, despite losing and, and staking her claim towards Derek for, for, you know, Morgan's involvement in the match was revealed. You know, she, she's undefeated for over a year. She, she earned the opportunity and he put her in that opportunity. And now she's, uh, you know, the first of five women who get the opportunity to be in the Psycho Circus match, but probably much to her chagrin, Derek also called an audible. And made the decision to put the second woman into the Psycho Circus right then and there. And that's Morgan. So she still has Morgan to deal with. And still mm-hmm. has to, you know, if she's going to become the IZW Women's World Champion, she's going to have to get through Morgan to do it. Because she's going to be one of the five women. Mm-hmm. So we currently know two of the five women involved in the Psycho Circus match. We'll learn of the other three soon, I'm sure. But... Um, that, yeah, that, that's at the stage, the, the first of a couple things that were set for, uh, psycho circus during this event. So 
We now know what our Psycho Circus match has women in it. We know that there's going to be five. We know that they're going to crown our first women's champion since the return of IZW. So. Up next, we had uh, the second episode uh, of Smooth Talk with Jay Smooth. We had the debut at Cool Town Clash in Coolidge just a few weeks ago. And, you know, Jay Smooth continuing to leave his mark in IZW. I mean, hell, he has his own talk segment now, uh, which is, you know, a rarity for someone, again, one of these new blood coming into IZW, really making a a statement. on this event's episode, I was saying this week's episode of Smooth Talk with Jay Smooth, um, his special guest was Pete the Heat, uh, a man who we know uh, does does not uh, keep his opinions to himself, has a, a mouth so loud you could hear it all over, you know, to the west side of the Phoenix area. Um, and you know, someone who again has has a lot of opinions, and so, uh, and as you mentioned when we talked about Cool Town Clash, uh, you know, someone who's in this no man's land territory now. Um, his tag team partner is is no longer in the mix. Um, we saw what his partnership with Gino Rivera uh, led to at Cool Town Clash, which was a whole bunch of nothing and some pain. Uh, so Pete really came out um, on Smooth Talk with Jay Smooth to, you know, really well do what he does best: focus the attention on himself. Uh, obviously, knowing that the night was about the Hawaiian Lion, um, Pete the Heat had his own opinions about who is legendary, who's a legend, and of course, a legend in his own mind. Pete the Heat. And if anyone deserves to be celebrated, it should be him. That really irked some people. Uh, and it led out kind of a series of, uh, you know, events, uh, you know, through the rest of the Smooth Talk segment that led to some trouble for Pete. Yes, it did lead to some trouble for Pete. So out came um, the some IZW originals, you know, as Pete declared himself the biggest legend on the show, did not take away from the legend status of the Hawaiian Lion, Northern Navajo Warrior, but deemed himself a legend as well. That did bring out for him um, Cowboy Jack Durango, who we've not seen since Proving Ground. That also brought out Beaver Las Vegas in full Beaver Las Vegas garb with the sparkly jacket and everything. And, of course, rodeo clown, country music star, former American gladiator, Hollywood Yates came out and all three gentlemen gave Pete the heat a piece of their mind and, and let them know. And, and Pete attempted to, to, you know, step up to all three of them. And when he realized that Hollywood Yates is about twice as tall as he is, Pete decided against that and decided to turn the other way and make his way out of the ring and, and exit smooth talk, giving, you know, inadvertently giving the crowd an opportunity to thank those legends one more time, and, and as they made sure everybody knew why they were there, and that was, of course, for the final night for the Hawaiian Lion. Um, but it, unfortunately for Jay Smooth, you know, this you, know, you talked about Jay Smooth, and, and, you know, season one, episode two of, of, of Smooth Talk, thanks to Wavy Entertainment Television. And um, he really wanted to put his punctuation on it. He wanted to put his punctuation on the events after the Legends left. He attempted to put his punctuation on it. And here came the dastardly trio known as Final Destination. Final Destination 
ruined the night for Jay Smooth multiple times during Monster and, and came out here to ruin the night again. Charles Cash is making yet another statement, and it did not look good for Jay Smooth at all. Uh, three against one, and and I think, you know, our staff kind of knew what was going on as they were trying to get Jay's carpet out of the ring and, and his jacket out of the ring because, you know, they, they saw what was coming. But what they didn't see coming was two people who were announced for the event, but nobody knew exactly what they were going to be doing. And that was uh, Ray Rosas and, of course, uh, AEW star Pretty Peter Avalon, known locally in, 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 in the Southwest as P.P. Ray, chose this as their opportunity to come out, come to the aid of one Jay Smooth um, with their phenomenal entrance, um, complete with dancing, complete with kissing, complete with everything that uh, the crowd absolutely loved, absolutely ate up. And we had ourselves a little bit of an impromptu six-man tag team match between Final Destination, uh, which, of course, is Charles Cassius, Evan Daniels, and Bryce Saturn going against Jay Smooth and Ray Rosas and Pretty Peter Avalon. And it was a heck of a match. I mean, the crowd, mm-hmm. for as long of a segment as this was, the crowd ate it up, and, and they ate up every little thing, including the match. The match was great. And, and for me, you know, Final Destination picking up the victory, the unit that they are, um, for me, there's two things. The the first was the opportunity for all four of the IZW regulars to work with Ray Rosas and Peter Avalon, and to see them get an opportunity to do that um, when it became when when it became known that PP Ray was going to be there, um, people in this match were advocating for that opportunity, and and mm-hmm. um, not knowing what the plan was, and then the plan worked out well for them, and and you know. I had some great conversations with Peter Avalon and, and he was hoping that this would be who they got to work with as well. Cause they've crossed paths before in championship wrestling from Arizona. And, uh, and, and obviously a lot of people have grown and developed and changed. And of course they've never worked with Jason Smooth or Bryce Saturn. And it was just such a great opportunity. I mean, after this match, they spent a copious amount of time backstage talking and learning and growing. And, and I, I can't give those guys enough credit for what they were doing. They were out in Arizona for a signing with one of our sponsors, 3D Sports Cards and Collectibles, and I just, you know, the stars align. They're already here for a signing. It worked out for them to come and, and be a part of our event, and and it was great. They put on an amazing show. People loved it, but to see those things backstage and, and to see what happened, um, just fantastic, and and I, I couldn't have been happier with it, and, and those guys were, all six of them were just thrilled. I mean, for Jay Smooth, you know, you know a, barely a year in the business, getting to do this, someone who has grown leaps and bounds. Like I cannot, we, he and I talked about it today, actually, Tuesdays we're recording this, just, you know, uh, just the amount of growth he's had coming out of Coolidge. We gave him one piece of feedback, you know, slow down and coming into here, you could tell, like he listened, he took it to heart and mm-hmm. and you could see the difference in, in smooth talk and his interactions and Pete, the heat, we don't give people scripts, but if we did, it wouldn't matter to Pete, the heat, like he's going to say whatever he's going to say. Yes. And Jay Smooth sure. kept pace with Pete the Heat, no problem whatsoever. And and interacted, and, and Pete's interacting with the crowd, so Jay was interacting with the crowd. And, and even threw out some colorful language, which was fine, no, no complaints from anybody there. It was all good. But then he gets to work this match with these veterans, you know, who've been on television, especially, Ray, you know, Peter Avalon, and and to get that feedback backstage. And, and seeing those two guys, especially Peter Avalon, like the way they – can produce the way they give feedback. Like I was just thrilled for 
everybody in that match to get the opportunity to have that feedback, to have that interaction mm-hmm. with Peter Avalon. Um, yeah. a funny couple of, you know, side notes that, that about, you know, I've really, I've, I taught, I had a conversation with Peter Avalon probably 10 or 11 years ago. I went to, took my son, hopped in a car and we drove to California to help with an indie show out there in the infancy of the, of the Greg DeMarco show, met up with Tony Acero and we helped out at the time. Tara Calloway was wrestling in California. Now she's on the East coast. She put on her own event called apex pro and we went there to help out with it and met Peter Avalon there. And I told him this story. Um, cause you know, I'm, I'm one part asshole, one part, you know, admit when I'm wrong, told Peter Avalon the story, how he came up and introduced himself at this apex pro show. And I remember this, this, this tall, lanky, skinny kid named Peter, introducing himself to us and he walks away and i remember being like that guy's never gonna make it he's never gonna make it and he thought it was the funniest thing ever because i was like obviously i was wrong and i'm glad i was wrong and i told him like i said marty Jannetty was the better rocker i said matt hardy was the better hardy boy like and he joked he said you know him and ray even called themselves you know the two marty Jannettys. like that's what he got it and and we had just a great interaction and and you and I talked last week and Patrick and I talked about last week about knowing who you are, knowing what you are and the problem that a lot of wrestling mm-hmm. events have, knowing what they are. And he told me the story. He got booked, you know, because he's he talking about how IZW fits them perfectly, what they do, yeah. their act, how they interact with fans, how they work, everything. Like it just are the IZW family is perfect for, for Peter Avalon and Ray Rosas. He told the story. He was like, he got booked by PWG once. Everybody knows what PWG is in, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Went there and pretty much the moment he got there knew, I'm, I'm not coming back to this. Like this is, I'm not them. They're not going to want me back. Worked the one match, hasn't been booked since. And, and just, just to have him there, the feedback he provided, like, and, and I love when somebody from the outside comes in, you know, we had Jimmy Jacobs a few events ago who, you know, came in and, and just had nothing but praise for how we run, what we do. And the same with Peter Avalon. Like, you guys got such a good thing going, keep it growing, find distribution, like all the things that, that we know we need to do. And just just loved having that interaction. Such a good person and and such a great person to have in the locker room when available, when possible. And, and just absolutely love that for our talent, for that. And they stuck around. Like, they were there the whole night. They were part of the in-ring festivities we had for the Hawaiian lion. They ended up doing a run in later in the night. Like they were just all about everything that we could do. Uh, super generous with their time, with their weekend, with everything. And just so thrilled we got to have that. So appreciative of 3d sports cards and collectibles who happened to book them for a signing. That signing originally wasn't on May 7th. It was originally on a different date and had to get changed. Like mm-hmm. it was just the stars aligned and I'm super grateful that they did. And, and just really really worked out uh, from a pulling the curtain back perspective. I mean, so, you know, hashtag blessed that we were able to get yes. these guys in this situation, like pure luck and, and Scarlett Donovan came out with them and, and refereed some matches and just did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Uh, she refereed one of the matches that we'll talk about later. And I mean, fit perfectly as well. Like it just, it's one of those things that I couldn't have planned better if I tried yeah. to plan it. And I didn't plan it. It just worked out. And I am so lucky and so grateful. And that's, you know, I was going to talk, talk about this word later, but I'll talk about it now. That's the magic that we have sometimes in IZW. And that word was thrown around Saturday night that you and I haven't talked about. But, um, yeah, that's just and, – and, Completely grateful for it. Completely grateful. And, and I told those guys, and, and if it gets back to them, I hope it does. But, you know – 
nothing but gratitude towards Ray Rosas and Peter Avalon for what they did this weekend. And you mentioned, too, about how fans in Arizona have seen, you know, Charles Cassis, Evan Daniels, Peter Avalon, and Ray Rosas in different lights uh, under, you know, Championship Wrestling from Arizona. And now it's a different spin. And I think that's also the uh, beauty of this, because on top of that, you have two of these newcomers in Bryce Saturn and um Jay Smooth that you added into the mix and it created a whole new dynamic. And so just when all those things stack upon each other, it, it does create, you know, things that maybe say, oh, I think I've seen this before, but not like this. And I feel like IZW continues to do these types of things. Of course, as we'll talk about as well, throws matches that we haven't seen together that we didn't know we wanted. But right. sometimes, too, you'll see things that maybe you, you've seen before. And we'll even talk about, you know, the match right after that. Something you've seen before, but with a twist. Yeah. Um, and and so I think that that, um, you know, adds, adds so much to it. So well, And I do feel like... Before we go, because they, they've wrestled before, but... In Championship Wrestling from Arizona, it's the producer and the champion for Peter Avalon and Ray Rosas. They're not PP Ray. Mm. That act yeah. is probably at its best. I had to actually have this conversation with Tony Acero last night, Sunday night, we were messaging. They did that act to a T in bar wrestling, which was born out of mm-hmm. PWG. Uh, of course, Kendall Warren exists thanks to Joey Ryan, but that act was so over there. They did that bar wrestling act, mm-hmm. brought it out here. And I think we kind of have some elements of that in IZW. And dare yeah. I say, Final Destination is probably the best version of the Charles Cassius, Evan Daniels, Bryce Saturn oh, yeah. grouping. Like that act yes. that they have that set of characters in, in, in Arizona, this is the only place they do it. That to me is peak them at this point in their career. Mm. They'll still continue to grow. Yeah. And and of course, Jay Smooth, God, we, this, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg for that guy. And, yeah. you know, who knows what he'll be you know, a few years from now. And it just all converged together with such perfection. Um, and I don't know where else it could happen. Hell, I didn't even know it could happen at IZW. So, um, yeah. yeah. Final Destination getting the win uh, in this match and continuing their dominance um, in ICW. And, and it doesn't end there. Uh, before we get into our next match, though, I'm going to go ahead and call an audible, Greg, and let's go ahead and pay some bills. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. Let me find the commercials. Where the hell are they? I know you weren't ready. That's why I called an audible. It is called an audible. Duh. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. And we're back with the second half of this show, this super such good shit show. It is actually, rewind, the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco, such good shit show, pal the 10th. Super such good shit show, pal the 10th. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. That, that, that one. Here comes oh, the that big was such a, dog. That was such a mouthful. I needed to take a drink of water. 
And we are reviewing IZW, recapping actually IZW King of the Jungle. And we talked about matches we've seen before with a twist. And that leads us to our next match. It was the 30-minute Ironman match for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. Thugnificent, your champion, faced EJ Sparks. And, you know, Thugnificent has had many a challenger uh, in his tenure as IZW World Heavyweight Champion. We talked about, you know, him being challenged by the Hawaiian Lion. Um, Of course, Mr. Classic. And already, of course, EJ Sparks, we've seen, you know, them face each other before, specifically at Fully Legal, when you had Mr. Classic as the special guest referee. Uh, this time around, though, both men still very uh, full of respect with, for each other. And knowing, know that there's, now knowing that there's no shenanigans in play, Um Thugnificent decided to present EJ Sparks with an opportunity to really up the ante in this match. And that was done in a, a, a vignette a promo that we saw um, after Cool Town Clash. And that was making this man this match an Iron Man match. Um and you know, EJ Sparks happily accepted. I mean, to think about the stakes, but also this added element of being an Iron Man match. Uh, I mean, this really could have gone, you know, two very different ways. And from what I understand, um, you know, Greg, you think about the two different ways, either EJ's going to win or Thug's going to win. But one thing I don't think fans anticipated was how this match originally ended. And this match ended in a draw. 3-3 3-3 tie, 3-3 draw at the end of the 30 minutes, uh, which, of course, is, is you know, tie goes to the runner in, in wrestling. Ty goes to the champion. Mm-hmm. Thugnificent retains the IZW World Heavyweight Champion. But uh, it's it's probably, you know, I wouldn't say one over the other, probably two different parts. One, out of respect for his partnership with EJ Sparks. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that he's a fighting champion. He's not backed down from any challenge whatsoever. Um, and, and this has been with, with EJ and, and, and thug, this goes back to May of last year at regulate yeah. when EJ defender, when, when Thugnificent defended his championship against Watson, uh, in a match that had a lot of fanfare. We had Mega Rand doing the introductions, but right before that match, EJ Sparks wins a four way to become the number one contender and get his shot. And of course they teamed up at the grand prix. They made it to the finals, but when they won their, opening round match at Grand Prix, that's when Thugnificent said, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this at Fully Legal in the main event. And then, of course, you saw, you know, he he wasn't happy with how it went. Before the title match at Monster, Thugnificent said he wanted EJ to have another shot, give him that shot here. And, and of course, for EJ, the opportunity to, you know, get that that shot. And unfortunately, for him, it had to be his partner. Um, And so this whole year-long story culminates with an Ironman match and and yeah 30 minutes just wasn't enough and so you had Thugnificent lying on his back after fighting from behind to to retain his championship could have walked out champion and been fine but said no Mm -hmm. we're, we're gonna do this right like he would rather have lost his title 
then finished in a draw and yeah. said, let's go sudden death overtime about, unfortunately for EJ about two minutes later, he lands the, the brain buster, the move passed on to him by the Hawaiian lion and retains the IZW world heavyweight championship. And then we got an embrace between Thugnificent and EJ sparks and in the center of the ring, their version very similar to what we would see later in the night between the Hawaiian lion and the Navajo warrior. And the, the symmetry is not lost on me. I don't think it's lost on, I know it's not lost on a lot of people in the locker room. They are basically this generation's version of the tribe is what the regulators are. Because they work so well together, but also stand very well apart. And through everything that they've been through now for over the past year in IZW, they've been able to have each other's back, but also be top level competitors when the time calls for it. And that's a rarity for partners. And I, I can absolutely see the resemblance between them and then the Hawaiian lion and Navajo warrior, because it's just that whenever each of them needed to go their own ways and have their own paths, they were able to do that. And whenever they needed to come together, they would absolutely do that as well. And we constantly talk about the change and evolution we've seen in Thugnificent over his time as ICW, uh, you know, world heavyweight champion. And I think the way that he wanted this match to go down is, is another prime example of how much he has grown and matured as a wrestler that just winning on a draw would have not been good enough for him. I think even though he's had such an impactful year, I still think that sometimes there's those seeds of people looking at him and thinking that's a, the world champion, you know, that guy. And so I think he constantly wants to prove people, you know, not only just wrong, but that he is a fighting champion, that he has earned every match that he's had with this championship. And to do that against someone, too, that I feel like he truly trusts in EJ Sparks was also, I think, another big reason behind it. And that's something that's so rare in wrestling to have two people who respect each other so much that will fight against each other, fight alongside each other. Um, and a champion like Thugnificent, who is a fighting champion in every sense of the word. Yeah, it's sad because I do think, you know, as champions go, sometimes they do get that treatment. That person's champion and, and people have their opinion about who it should be. And all he's done is continue to rise to the occasion every single time, mm-hmm. every single time out. And he takes a lot of pride in that. We've talked about that. And he takes a lot of pride in how he's treated both in and out of IZW and, and the role he wants to play years from now in, in IZW. Yeah. And, um, and for me, that's very important too. And, and something that I, uh, have a tremendous amount of respect for and, and have just loved to watch the growth that we've talked about on this program that you just mentioned. Um, and this was just another, another example of it. Mm-hmm. The celebration of both of the partners, you know, embracing, having a moment together was short-lived because after that we had the music of Final Destination play. Uh, And even though all, you know, the members of Final Destination came out, Evan Daniels was the only one that stepped in the ring. And we talked about Monster 2021. Monster 2022 was won by Evan Daniels. And he has... 
an opportunity to ask for any match that he wants. And he has his sights set on Thugnificent and the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, and so, you know, just when you think you have some breathing room, as a champion, uh, you have the next person in line. And something that Evan Daniels made very clear right after he won Monster. So um, I think, though, as you know, Final Destination does, is really looking to seize every opportunity within IZW. And exactly that. Not giving Thugnificent room to breathe. Uh, to, you know, rounding him up for what's next. Interesting, though, they... Almost every other time they've ever inserted themselves, they've attacked. And they did not attack yeah. this time. And from what I've been told from our team, there is a, a an explanation of that coming. But to me, it was cerebral. And what good would it have oh, yeah. done Evan Daniels to beat up no. a Thugnificent who had 32 well, minutes of the toughest match of his career and three and a half months to recover from whatever they would do anyway before he defends his championship? Yeah, no. It was mental. Yeah, I think Final Destination, again, you talked about, you know, this iteration of uh, Charles Castus and Evan Daniels, uh, even with Bryn Thorne and, and Bryce Saturn, they're wiser now, they're smarter. And I think the natural aspect of this is to just go in and guns a blazing. But they know better now that the you know, the, the behind the scenes, the mental attack can be much more challenging and, and, you know, intimidating than the physical. And now truly, I mean, I think that's the one thing, at least with EJ Sparks, Doug knew who he was getting face value with Evan Daniels and now final destination. You don't know who you're going to get when you're going to get it. And how, and that just that element of the unknown and surprise, that's far more intimidating than just going out there and beating the crap out of somebody. Oh yeah, and we've only we've only seen this Evan Daniels four times. We've only seen mm -hmm. this Evan Daniels at Grand Prix when when they developed Final Destination fully legal. I guess five if you count Coolidge to fully legal Monster Coolidge, and now this night so. Of all the film you might be able to look at where Evan Daniels, you're not seeing this Evan Daniels. So it, it's definitely a lot to, to prepare for, for Thugnificent. And I think he has a lot to think about now coming out of that quick interaction that he had with Evan Daniels. I want to talk about this Iron Man match. Um, and I kept this little bit of information quiet until after the match because I didn't want anybody to, to worry about it or think about it. I absolutely hate Iron Man matches have since Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, the match that everybody loves. Not everybody. I'm finding more and more people that don't like that match. Um, because mm -hmm. Iron Man matches are, you know, now you get a pinfall in five minutes when normally it would take 15 or 20. And, and now yeah. you've got, you know, you've got this set amount of time. So you almost know I could tune out for 25 minutes or 45 minutes or however, you know, depending on how long the match itself is. And that's a challenge that I don't really like. But this Iron Man match, and, and it's easy for me to say this as the guy who put it on, because it's kind of like that Eric Bischoff, if you listen, like I, I, I wasn't responsible for it, but I gave it the green light. Like when this match was pitched to me, I said yes, because I knew people wanted to do it. Um, 
But if I remove myself from Greg DeMarco, the promoter, and Greg DeMarco, the guy who, who knows these people and wants them to succeed, I still cannot think of a better Iron Man match I have ever seen than this one. Mm-hmm. Going into it knowing that I don't like the concept, I don't like the matches. And they had the crowd at the edge of their seats for 30 minutes. And and they put it together. And it's funny. We've talked about this briefly at times before. But in wrestling, and you always hear it reported on, on wrestling news with the Z sites, right? You know, who were the producers for this match in WWE and this match in here? And here's all the producers of the Royal Rumble. And we we have we assign agents to our matches. And, and we do that to increase the quality of our show. I didn't want anyone to get in the way of EJ Sparks and Thugnificent for this match. So... I assigned the Hawaiian lion of this match because he agents matches for us, mm-hmm. knowing damn well he was going to be too busy to really spend a lot of time and worry about it. So they yeah. really had the freedom they needed. And I put it right before intermission for that reason. So they didn't have to worry about yeah. what was coming up next and they could just go and do. And I talked to them afterwards and I told them like this was this was the best Iron Man match I've ever seen. And and not because we booked it, but because they put on that performance. And it's so easy to break up tag teams, right? You think about WWE, it's always about breaking up the tag team. And and, and there's a lot of preconceived notions about things that were going to happen on this night. And for almost all of them, we went the other way. People have been thinking that one of these two is going to turn on the other one. Going back to last May when, yeah. when EJ first became number one contender. And, uh, and, and what they don't know was that if anyone ever turned, it was going to be the team going in one direction, different than where they are now. But instead, it's all about um, you know where where these guys are together. I never want to see them apart. Like it's just they're too good together. They're too great as a team, and 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 to have this competitive rivalry among guys that never break up is something that you rarely ever see. And I also think that might be the scenario with two baby faces and maybe two partners where an Iron Man match can work. More it can be okay with the concept yeah. because mm-hmm. of what it means. So I was, yeah, as a person who doesn't like Iron Man matches, loved it. Thought they did a great job. They deserve all the praise. They're getting tons of praise everywhere for it, all over social media. They got it backstage, and and they deserve every bit of it to to put on that match the way they did, and to deliver for the fans the way they did. And and they wanted it to be big because of the the brevity or the the depth of this event. And the importance of this event, and and they did, they did, they did exactly what they set out there to do, and then so, and and I, you know, they got a standing ovation. I know you've seen it, but you weren't there. Yeah. They got a standing ovation. Um, kind of got two. They were starting to get one at the end of the thirty minutes, and then, of course, when it was sudden death time, people were watching, and then they got a standing ovation after the match. And I've not seen that yet in in I don't think I've ever seen that anywhere in the state. And there it was, a standing yeah. ovation, and they did a fantastic job, and they deserve that. They deserve the standing ovation. They deserve every bit of credit, every bit of praise they've received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In our next match, we had a four-way match. Mr. Classic versus Gino Rivera versus Jacob Austin Young versus Fresco Matic of Lights Camera Faction. And four very different competitors, four very different personalities all in one ring. And this one, I was so excited when this match was announced. Uh, you obviously have some of the in-ring tension between Gino Rivera and Fresco Matic as far as the, the tension between Gino and Lights Camera Faction. 
of course, Mr. Classic coming off a really big loss, you know, possibly his last opportunity uh, to to compete for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. And Jacob Austin Young, who is coming off a big matchup himself uh, with Joe Graves at uh, Cool Town Clash. And still, you know, uh, out of all the competitors, well, I would say maybe not Prescomatic, but still someone uh, a bit newer to IZW audiences. Um, you know, this one I have not seen the tape, can only imagine how fantastic this match was. And Jacob Austin Young getting the win in this uh match. Uh and and you know, I think any of there was a case to state for any of these four men, absolutely, um, to to win this match, but it also doesn't surprise me, Jacob Austin Young being such the the technical expert in the ring um, and someone who thrives in high intensity environments and fast paced matches. So knowing that he won this match just, just didn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Jacob fits because he doesn't fit, right? He's completely different than everything we have. And yeah. that's why when, when he first came to us and we had the match with Bryce Saturn at fully legal, um, we knew, okay, this is, we want this to you know, be part of our roster. We, we, we want this. It wasn't a tryout match like officially, but there weren't plans after that. And now, and then plans came. Um, but you're right though. Any, any one of these four people from a, a booking perspective, storyline perspective, talent perspective could win this match. And that's why it was put together. Uh, sometimes, you know, a four way dance uh, can, can be used in different ways, but this was top notch talent all the way around. And, a pecking order type of a match um, with storytelling elements intertwined, like you talked about. My concern about this match was, and, and it hit me during intermission, we had an hour of insanity. We had the smooth talk into the legends, into Final Destination, into the six-man tag with P.P. Ray, into the Iron Man match. That's an hour of stuff. Then we had intermission. 15, 20 minutes, everybody comes down, whatever. Will they be worn out? Will they be tired? Will they give the energy to this match it deserves? And let me tell you, by the time that bell rang, that concern was gone. They were on fire for this match. And 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 the talent in the ring delivered. And the talent in the mm-hmm. ring kept them engaged and kept them going. Uh, this crowd was hot all night, which is not always the case at a wrestling event. Um, and these guys fed off of that and they delivered in a big way and, and it worked out very, very well. And, and there's a person backstage who knows who he is that had a good influence over this match and made it as good as it was. Um, and it delivered in, in, in a very, very big way. And I'm very excited about it for what it means for all four of these people. And, you know, cause Gino and Fresco, those issues did eventually take center stage for the two of them and the rest of lights camera faction. And that opened the door mm-hmm. for, EJ Sparks to, to come back in and uh, assert himself against Mr. Classic and remind him, yeah, I didn't win the IZW World Heavyweight Championship, but I have not forgotten about you. And and mm-hmm. that, while that didn't immediately allow Jacob Austin Young to score the pinfall as, as um, you know, he was able to get up and, and obviously there was some time before the cover that did lead to him ultimately winning the match and uh, continuing his run that he's had of, of not being defeated in IZW. And stacking big win after big win or big opportunity after big opportunity. But but this match was a great opportunity for everybody. And everybody had themselves shine through. Which was amazing. 
I was going to say after the match, uh, Jacob met Jacob, uh, Jacob East met Jacob Austin Young um, at the entryway. And something that we also rarely get to hear is actually hear from Jacob Austin Young um, and Jacob talking about his match and his competitors, but that he specifically has one person in mind. And with that, Graves came out uh, to kind of interrupt the promo and, and, and really make his way into the ring for his match. And we talked about the uh, amazing match that they had at Cool Town Clash and the level of respect that Joe Graves has for Jacob Austin Young, which is not something very many people have. It also seems now we get that response from Jacob Austin Young uh, to, you know, what what do we want to see him? Or where does he see himself next? Um, and that seems like, you know, a, a rematch against Graves. Yeah, it definitely does. And to see him walk to the ring and hold the ropes open for Graves, like Graves has done this before. Graves has come out and asserted himself against people who want a shot. It's kind of like, you know, the Candyman effect. And, um, mm-hmm. but Jacob is, 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 and you're right. Like, and I've learned this about Jacob, the perception of him is he's a great in-ring wrestler and where he goes, he's used as a great in and he's phenomenal. And in some places he's a tag team wrestler and, and, and he's part of a tag team and his partner tends to be the one that's a little more over the top, whatever. Jacob has a fantastic personality. Jacob has a ton of charisma. And Jacob deserves the opportunity to be a character on top of this amazing in-ring performer. And he's found that and, and he's running with it and doing a fantastic job. Um, and, and Graves is Graves, you know, he, he ain't backing down from nobody. And, and if, if Jacob wants another shot, you know, Graves was not happy. If you go back and, and see, you can see the pictures from cool town clash he didn't like the fact that match ended in a draw. He wasn't pleased about that. He wants to impart his will upon his opponents. That's what Graves does. So, yeah, I'm sure he wants that chance, too. And for Jacob, no one's ever beaten Graves in IZW, and he's come the closest. And so for him, yeah. you know, that's that's that wave of momentum that he has and that he's riding high on and wants that opportunity. Will it come? When will it come? I don't really know. But um, usually when when – the people want it, they find a way to make it happen. Yeah. Well, that segues us into our next match, Graves versus Ice Williams. Uh, this was actually announced by Commissioner Derek Montilla uh, after Monster, uh, the 2022 Monster, um, one in which, you know, Lights Camera Faction just messed with the wrong man during the Monster Rumble. Um, and this is kind of the consequence of that. Um and Ice Williams in itself, I mean, a big personality, but he does have the skills in the ring uh, to show for it. But Ice is, you know, big on, on showboating. Um, Graves' definition of showboating is seeing how many suplexes that he can give somebody. I did see that clip. Uh, so very different definitions of showboating, very different definitions uh, of, of in-ring work. Um but it, it seemed to work well um, and in a hell of an entertaining match uh, with Graves winning and that it's, match it's, oh. um, against. Yeah. No, you're no, good. Go ahead. 
keep going. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that, you know, one in which you, you wonder, you know, what the influence of lights camera faction was going to have in this match in particular, but you got to think all of the competitors, you know, in, in lights camera faction, they all had their matches already. They, they definitely, you know, um, were already worn out. They did, you know, try and, and create a bit of a, a distraction. Um, but, you know, the, the referee, you know, ended up making that audible call, inserting their authority and, and really putting the focus back on Graves versus Ice. She, yeah, Scarlett Donovan was a referee for this match and she came out from California as part of us having uh, Peter Avalon and Ray Rosas and, um, immediately like didn't even let lights camera faction try anything like they were still hanging out one of them was on the apron and she i think she realized okay i know graves i know ice williams i see this match i can see what it can be and she just basically said you guys are out of here and and they weren't used to that that hasn't happened out here for them and they freaked out about it and she sent them out but she deserves a lot of praise for this match too she because this match was so physical because this match was a fight because both guys did not back down because both you know they, they they just continued to push it harder and harder and harder she as an official had to do her job in terms of safety had to do her job in terms of you know keeping everything in the ring keeping everything clean and and she didn't back down one bit from either of them and and was probably again you know as luck would have it with we had her there the perfect official for this match and and delivered in a big way um, <clears throat> and made the match better and and as did both guys in the match and, and they performed to a T and, and you said, you know, Graves picked up the victory. And that right there is, is huge because um up until that point, Lights Camera Faction has not lost a match in the state of Arizona. Here in the negative zone, as they like to call it. They run the negative zone, they own the negative zone, and Graves handed them their first loss. And that allowed us to a, gl- a different glimpse into probably more of the behind the scenes lights camera faction. Cause as soon as that match was over, they came out, grabbed ice and, and got out, right. Take this, you know, these guys that want the spotlight that crave the spotlight, that literally their characters are in the spotlight at all times. This guy lost. We are going to protect our brother and we're going to get him out of here and let graves have his moment, but he's not going to do it at our expense. We're going to take him. We're going to get him out. And, we haven't seen that from Lights, Camera, Faction because we haven't had to, but they are a true unit. They are a true group. And when faced with a rare case of adversity for them, sure, they know how to handle that too. And and that's a different Lights, Camera, Faction than what people have seen before. And, uh, you know, again, the dominance of Graves continues. Um, even more fuel for maybe Jacob Austin Young's fire, you know, uh, that he could be. And I don't think it's about being the first one to beat Graves. I think it's for him, the actual, you know, journey of beating Graves. Um, and so it's not just about this, you know, this, this ownership of doing something that no one else has done. It's just that personal mountain for him to climb. Um, and a lesson for lights, camera faction, you know, sometimes you, you get too big for your britches as they say, and, you know, things with, you know, four on one attacks with, you know, against Gino Rivera were, were one thing. But taking that to the level of Joe Graves, well, that was a completely different thing. 
So lessons possibly learned, but probably not for like, the camera faction. A little bit of both, yes. Uh, up next, we had the introduction of Justin Roberts, the special guest ring announcer for the main event. Uh, I know Jacob East was thrilled to be able to do this. However, he hit a little bit of a snag as he started to do or attempted to do this introduction. Uh, Pete the Heat came back out and restated how, you know, he is a legend uh, and, you know, really wanted to drive that point home. Um, you know, however, I like to call him the enforcer of IZW as he's one of the special guest enforcers at Monster and also someone who has just ridiculously brute strength. And that's Marshall Zinn came out uh, and was, you know, knowing how important that the setup was, how important, uh, you know, the upcoming match was, did what we all wish we could do and got the heat out of there, hit a few moves on him uh, and uh, ended up getting Pete uh, out of the ring and talking about teaching him a lesson, you know, teaching, teaching Pete a lesson about one, how rude it is to interrupt a ring announcer and two, how this isn't about you. This is not about you. It was not ever about you. And having a, that physical reminder of it by Marshall Zinn. He craves that. He craves that competition. He's new. He's uh, He had his first singles match in Coolidge. And somewhere, somehow, in some dark hole, uh, a, a specific black dragon is very glad that he didn't receive quite the beating that Pete the Heat did. Um but Pete is, you know, Pete the Heat started in IZW as Pete the Heat and then um, last year had the opportunity to reunite Cookies and Cream. And he talked about before his partner. And in that, you know, we did it essentially as a favor. And if it, they broke up outside of IZW. So we could have kept them together in IZW if we really wanted to, but it just didn't make sense. But this is, again, we're getting the best form of Pete the Heat. And... You know, and I think it works best. Like we don't, and this is the same for the, the, the Iron Man match, same for a lot of things. We provide a basic framework and just let people go. We don't give them a blank canvas, but we basically say on this canvas, we're painting a forest. We don't say how many trees should be in the forest. We don't say what color the leaves should be on those trees. We don't say if it's raining. We don't say if there's a, if there's a body of water, we don't say if it's nighttime or daytime, we just say it's a forest. And they go out and they paint the best forest possible. And, and Pete's an example of that. Um, and and he's just allowed to flourish and plays off of people so well. And, and you know, the improvisation skills, whether he's learned it, whether he's just always had it, he does have the gift of gab and and sure does take a great ass beating. And that's what, what happened with, with Marshall. And it was just a, another great way for Marshall to go. Marshall doesn't have a ton of experience, mm -hmm. but he has a ton of personality. He's a world-renowned strongman. We're lucky to have him and, and delivered in, in that big way as well. Um, and just made people wait just a few more minutes to get Justin Roberts into the ring. Yes. And then after that, of course, Jacob being able to re-enter the ring and uh, complete his introduction of Justin Roberts. 
And then we head into the main event, a main event that's really years in the making. The Navajo warrior facing the Hawaiian lion in the Hawaiian lion's very last match, uh, his retirement match. And so, Greg, I mean, talk about painting. Go ahead and paint this picture for us. You know, what what happened in this match? What was it like? You know, what were, you know, some of the things that you noticed? Um, was, was there any big differences in interaction between the Hawaiian lion and the Navajo warrior? Um, or did they just go into this like another day in the office? Oh, no, it, it was first. Off, I, it's interesting. Like when the music hits and the and Navajo warrior comes out, you're really kind of setting the stage and know what's going on. He comes in, he does his pose and you could see it on his face. You could see the emotion mm-hmm. that was already there. His partner hadn't even come out yet. Anything. And I assumed I would be emotional during the, the closing ceremony, whatever you want to call it, the in-ring celebration. And I wasn't, it more hit me even when the Navajo warrior was coming out because I knew what was coming. And, and, you know, I was like standing behind the Hawaiian lion during Navajo Warriors entrance. And then I snuck out so I could see. And, and then the music hits. It was the extended version of his theme that we heard at the beginning of this show. And when he comes out, just everybody was on their feet. And, and there's a good chance with all the people that were there, there are some people that don't know the Hawaiian lion. Some people are coming for a wrestling event, but we did things during the night to establish that, especially with the legends promo. And, Everybody was on their feet during his entrance and he took his time. He soaked it all in. He did a complete lap around the ring and he entered the ring. And when the tribe comes out together, they pose and they still pose. Mm-hmm. They still did all of that. They were still that team, that unit. Um, but then they were standing across the ring from each other. And, 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 you know, it was, it, it was there for his first match and, and he was his last match, the Navajo Warrior. For the Hawaiian line, the announcements that Justin Roberts made was, and again, another part of, of IZW that just came, you know, Justin Roberts, you know, cut his teeth in Chicago and then came out to Arizona. And that's how he grew to eventually being able to do Sunday night heat and then raw and then freaking, you know, announcing John Cena at WrestleMania 26. And, yeah. and now of course, the, you know, the ring announcing voice of, of AEW. And what he was able to do because he knows the history, he was, there for Hawaiian Lions' first match. He, he ring announced Hawaiian Lion in Hawaiian Lions' first ever match. And the introduction that he got to make, that got to run down his accomplishments, got to run down the places he's competed around the world. And to announce him as the Hawaiian Lion, John Williams. And as an announcer, you know this. You put the emphasis on certain things. The emphasis was on the mm-hmm. John Williams. One thing Justin Roberts is favorite for is guys named John. Oh, yeah. Between he's John Cena John Moxley now. Infamous. John Williams got the John treatment from Justin Roberts. And that was really cool to see. But that just set the stage even more. Um, I remember like as as Justin Roberts came back to the production area, which was the best production setup we've ever had. Like I went over it and I thanked him. Like you made this better. Does he need me to do that? No. But he, he made it better. And again, we were lucky to have him. We literally... Mm-hmm. He had to get permission. He works yep. for, he's a full-time employee and, and yes. it's under contract to all elite wrestling. He can't just randomly show up and ring it out and put a suit on and, and do that. Like that's in violation of his contract. He had to get that approved through talent relations and did, you know, and I'm appreciative for, for Sean Dean and Christopher Daniels for doing that for us. And, and for Justin, of course, for doing that for us. 
Um, but no, the match was, and these two guys have not been opponents recently. And so to have them circle the ring, I don't even think they knew where to start as, as competitors, yeah. right? How do you, you know what the guy does? You see it all the time. It's kind of like EJ Sparks and Thugnificent, but they're still so young in their careers and they were battling for a championship. They just went. And for these guys, it was, you know, that feeling out process because they've seen them at their best. They've seen them at their worst. So they had to figure out. The Hawaiian Lion had to figure out who is the Navajo Warrior tonight. Navajo Warrior had to figure out who was Hawaiian Lion tonight. And they had that battle. They had that back and forth. And and they wanted to put on a match that the fans would love and a match that was very satisfying for them as competitors. But um, there was some people that didn't want that to happen. And that would be, of course, Final Destination. When they came out, no music hit or anything, when Final Destination came out, the reaction of the crowd... They were pissed at this point. Yeah. Like both Hawaiian Lion and Navajo Warrior lying flat on their backs as, as Scott Johnson is, is enacting the 10 count and final destination comes out. And these people were not happy that their moment was going to be ruined. And, and, and Morgan who had served as a referee early night comes out and, and, you know, and they're fighting. And then Peter Avalon and Ray Rosas come out. And now we're fighting and we get rid of Evan, Evan Daniels and we get rid of Charles Cassius. And now Bryce Saturn is stuck in the ring with the Hawaiian line and the Navajo warrior. And you can Ooh. just see the looks on their faces when they realized we had our last tag team match in Coolidge, Arizona, but we now get to put an exclamation point on our tag team. And they yes. did just that. They did the, the devastation from the reservation combination, the backdrop into the power bomb that they've won matches and championships all over the world with and delivered that one more time, one more version of Come Fight the Tribe, and took out Bryce Saturn. And at that point, in the whole melee, Charles Cassius also disposed of Scott Johnson. And 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 Morgan's trying to get Scott in the ring, and the other officials take Scott away because he can't continue. Now we have no referee. And there's Morgan, mm. who refereed a match earlier in the night, who's still wearing a referee t-shirt, Shirt is now suddenly thrust in the position to have to finish the night refereeing the match between these two people who's been a part of her life for for twenty years and and you just saw the look on as soon as they started battling again you saw the, the emotion on her face and yeah. and that was an emotional moment and then they continue to fight and and they continue to do that and when the Hawaiian lion had Navajo warrior locked in the ankle lock. And he's trying to crawl to the ropes and, and break uh, and break that hold. And he makes it to the ropes and he pulls him back to the center. And, and you've got Morgan now worried about this is the Hawaiian Lions last match. This is her husband whose ankle has now been trapped for well over a minute. That's not a good thing. And and the Navajo warrior just just unfortunately for him had to tap out, had to end the Hawaiian Lions career, tapping out to the ankle lock and allowing him to, to go home. A victor, a victor in his last match ever, his last match in IZW, his last match of his career. And much like um, Monster 2021, maybe that's not how it was assumed was going to happen by another participant in the match. So, um, yeah, and just that moment. And, Talk and about so things, something's coming full circle, mm-hmm. you know? Something's coming full circle. Uh, and and which, I remember. Which, having, you those, know, having those conversations backstage. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No, it shouldn't be lost on, on people who know. If you know, you know. And that was just a great moment. And and it worked. You know, it wasn't a title match. The Navajo Warrior doesn't lose anything by, by losing that match, especially to, to a competitor who knows him as well as a Hawaiian Lion. And then then you had that that release of emotion. And, and, you, and some people have seen the video where the tribe poses. That's after the match. Where they shake hands, mm-hmm. they hug, and then the Hawaiian lion turns and goes into the tribe pose, and Navajo Warrior does it with him. Um, second to last time, because they do it again after the celebration, and the music plays, and out comes everybody. And, and, yeah. and we, some of us get in the ring, and there's a lot of people around the ring on the floor. And that's not how Hawaiian lion wanted it. And, and so he told yeah. them, no, get in here. And so there was a good 25, 26 of us in the ring, not a battle royal. And and just having an opportunity to share and talk and and those who chose to talk did. Um, again, it was you know because we tried to run some of an organized event. We knew I was going first. We knew Navajo was going last. But the guys in between, it was voluntary, right? They could speak or they could not speak. And to hear some of those words from EJ Sparks, the first ever body slam was was delivered to him by mm-hmm. the Navajo Warrior from Thugnificent, whose career is forever marked by the Navajo warrior from when he won the yeah. championship to the win over him and, and, and in being given the brain buster at monster uh, uh, earlier this year, that is, is a stamp that will always influence how significant is when he's the veteran, it will be influenced by the Hawaiian lion. And just to hear all yeah. those stories from, from Beaver Las Vegas, who, you know, went around with a neck brace for a year. Thanks to a pile driver from Hawaiian lion to, to Joe Graves, who who was his greatest rival throughout this this chapter of, of IZW, to talk about what he meant to him as a competitor, as an opponent, and, and as a human being, um, and you know, and then to eventually have you know the Navajo Warrior speak on, uh, you know, and, and when Gino talked about it too, and 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 what he's meant to him, and um, you know, when Jack Durango got to speak, and, and a lot of people got to speak, and then when the Navajo Warrior spoke, like the things that he said. Just very poignant about more about John the human being than than that you know and they they've shared homes before and they've traveled on the way he told a story about how he was booked to go to Japan and they wanted a tag team and he didn't have a partner and and Michelle mm-hmm. suggested what about John and that's how the tribe was born it was a booking in Japan yeah. and and it's been the tribe ever since and um. And then to, of course, have the Hawaiian lion speak and, and thank everyone and, and for his wife to come in the ring and him to talk about, you know, the, the job that he has now, his real life job was at the <laughs> suggestion of Morgan. She literally said, what about this? And he ended up applying and going through an academy and now he's there. And he loves it. And and yeah. and he even talked about it on one side of the ring at the, on the, was the Department of Corrections on the other side of the ring was Aries Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym. Like they were all there for him celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just the, the, the emotion. And he, you know, he was at a loss for words at certain points because it all became real, right? It all hits him. And that's why the introduction, when Justin Roberts of the Hawaiian lion, John Williams, it was going from the wrestler to the person. And that's something yeah. that is, is so different and, and is so influential. Um, and and obviously meant a ton to everybody, especially Bijan, and to be able to share that moment with his wife in the ring, and with all of us, and and the embrace that he had with Joe Graves and Lawrence Tyler, who was sitting on the mat. Lawrence was there when when John got to start. Joe's there at the end, and just all three of them sitting together and talking and hugging. And then of course, 
the Navajo warrior and, and the Hawaiian lion. And then, and all the people, all the fans, you know, slapping the mat, not a single person left until this was over. Um, just, just such a, a scene that, you know, if you tried to plan it, you couldn't have, it just happened and it happened the way it was supposed to for that guy. And, and that's just something that I will, these shows can be a blur. Sometimes I often tell the story about my wedding day, right? It's a blur. Mm -hmm. And these shows can be a blur too, but that moment, you know, when I don't get to see every minute of every match, I'm running around like a chick, yeah. chicken with his head cut off. I got so many things I got to do. People who need to ask me questions, do whatever. Um, and, and, but I will never forget what it was like in that ring. And that was something that I will cherish forever. Um, to be trusted with that, to, to be, to put it together and just, and then get to witness it as, as, as a fan of the Hawaiian lion, as a friend, as someone who, who loves and appreciates him so much, all of that is, is forever entrenched in my memory and forever stamped on me. Um, and, and will never be lost, never, ever be lost. And, and when I, you know, go backstage and part of my job, of course, is, is, is to pay everybody and to walk up to them kind of slowly with an envelope in my hand. Everybody else that I've been paid and just kind of look at them and he smiles. And, and I was like, this is the last time you're doing this too. And, and just to get to hand him that hug and, and, and share that moment again, I was wearing a necklace that he used to wear to the ring that, and I don't know the 2010, 2011, 2012, I don't know the year. I took my son to Lucha Libre USA at the celebrity theater and we met in the parking lot and he gave my son that necklace that I was wearing that day Oh wow! and told him he wore it in Japan. I remember him telling him the great Muda's blood is on this necklace. And my son has no idea. The oh gosh. Is. But he'll tell people, he'll show somebody that necklace and he'll be like, Muda's blood is on this. And I told the story in the ring. He doesn't know who Muda is, but he knows Muda's blood on it, but he will always have that. And there's two pictures. There's a picture from like 2015, 2016, where the Hawaiian line is standing behind my son with his hands on his shoulders. Cause he like comes up to his, his chest or his neck. And then there's a picture from, um, I think monster 2020. I'm not hundred percent sure probably because then COVID hit and he's standing behind him tucking his head sideways. Cause my son is just as tall as the Hawaiian line at this point. And cause he'd grown so much. And, and those two pictures mean so much to me, uh, cause this human being means so much to me. I, I, wouldn't yeah. be here. We wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have ever worked for Ring of Honor because that was his suggestion. I oh, you know, you know, not to be whatever, but like you talked about it. Like there's so many things that that you could thank me for and attribute me for in in your career. And I've always told you, I was just the the conduit for the truly talented person that you are to get to do that. There's so many things I owe to him, and and I would mm -hmm. never have gotten to do if not for him. And just in the moment time, you never knew. Had I not booked IZW because someone had to, who knows how that would have grown and developed. Had he not been like, is Ring of Honor going to run WrestleMania weekend? You should reach out to them. So I did. Mm -hmm. And there, and I got to work for them. And, and they literally offered me a job. And and just all those things and, and every event that he was a part of. And every time I brought him in, um, it just all culminated in that one moment. And, and I'm just dumbfounded. That, that I, this, this stupid life that I get to have where I get to do these things. It's just insane that, that, yeah. that I get to get to do that. And I have, I know this is not a video podcast, but I have this that I didn't tell you about. And you can see, the listener can hear it, but it's one of the ads oh, wow. that we put out, end of an era that I made. Uh, it's a picture of the tribe entering the ring. 
Um, and it says end of an era. I hear wrestling at Comic Studios, you know, May 7th. It was an ad for the show. And a fan, mm-hmm. a fan took this picture, put it on a plaque. Um, I guess they have oh a my plaque. Got the Hawaiian Lion and the Navajo Warrior to sign it. And I'm, I'm in the ring. We're exiting the ring. And, and, and the fan's name is Chris. He's telling me about this. And I couldn't really hear that well because there's a lot of people talking. There's a lot of yeah. commotion. Everybody's celebrating with the Hawaiian Lion or getting out of the ring. Music's playing at this point. And I thought he wanted me to give it to them. I was like, oh, do you need me to get, you need me to give this to them? He's like, no, this is for you. Like, like it's just, it, 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 I just didn't even know what to say. I mean, I eventually got thank yeah. you out, right? But like a fan paid money or got a friend and and thought to put this together and to get these two people to sign it, unbeknownst to me, and present this to me and as something that I'll have forever. And I just didn't even, I didn't know what to say. I still, like, I picked this up, I look at it, and I'm just like, yeah. I have to go back and remember that moment because there was so much going on. And... And I and and you've seen and 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 there's been posts on social media where people are like, "You're the best this, you're the best that," and it's like, I believe we're the best. I believe IZW is the best promotion in the yeah. state. You can't argue with me otherwise, right? And I should think that, and and so should everyone else who promotes their events, right? Even though I don't know how some of them could think that, but I to see that it's just like, holy shit! Like really? Like to know that someone else thinks that it, it just blows me away, and to know that someone. Took the time to get the picture, to make the thing, to get it signed, to give to me like that. I'm just, I got nothing. I have no words. I I just don't know. And I look at that thing sometime and I feel like it's not real. I feel like I shouldn't have it. I feel like it shouldn't belong to me. And, and cause maybe it's because, you know, wrestling and we've had this conversation, like sometimes wrestling is a fantasy world. And we build it. We create this fantasy world. It's like Minecraft, yeah. right? You're building this whole world. And and people have criticized people in my position, bookers, for treating wrestlers like action figures. I've been told that years ago by somebody. Um, not ICW, a promotion we talked about earlier that we laughed about. And and so to have something like that be given to me, it's just I, – I just – I don't know if I'll ever fully grasp and ever fully accept – what I get to do. And, and I hope I don't, I hope I don't ever take this for granted. And I, and I, I see posts on, on, there's a guy I follow on friends on the Facebook and he's been like promoting monthly events for 25 years. And I'm like, does he still feel this way? Does he still feel that way about what he's doing? I don't even know. Um, and hopefully I get to, and hopefully it never changes. Um, and if it does change, I should probably stop. But yeah, it's just I'm I'm floored by it, and I don't want to make it about me, but I wanted to share that because it is how special it is. Um, but to be trusted with that responsibility of such a great human being, uh, a great person in the Hawaiian line, a hell of a career. Uh, he served in the military, served his country. He's wrestled overseas for the military, mm-hmm. wrestled in college. Um, the father that he is to to you know, and and the struggles that he, that he's had to go through there, and and to find the career that he has now. And, and I'm so happy for him as a human being and to get to do this. It's just, and, and that was his last night ever. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I got to do it next time without him there. Just like I had to do this one without you there. And yeah. it's 
none of that stuff is ever lost on me. But man, it's like in that moment we were in that ring, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulder because I put that weight on my shoulder. I do it to myself and, and I'll do it again. And it's just, I am, yeah, I don't even know what to say. I, I'm so happy with how this came off. I'm so honored that we got to do it. And I'm so pleased with what it meant to John, the Hawaiian lion. And I truly <laughs> hope that he knows how much we love him, how much we appreciate him. Every story that was told was about something he did for somebody, something he meant to somebody. Uh, nobody was just blowing smoke up his ass, right? Everything was literally about how he impacted another human yeah. being's life. Their career, yes, but their life. And and where he's just trying to go through life on his own and, and dealing with his own struggles and ups and downs. And and that's just the, the glory of, of pro wrestling and what we get to do. And, and yeah, and, and I got another story I'll tell, but after we finished wrapping up this portion of it, but I, uh, uh, you know, Occasionally, you can look back at a wrestling event and be like, "Oh, maybe this could be different. Maybe that could be different." I wouldn't change a damn thing. Not not this night. Yeah. Even the things that weren't perfect, and I really can't think of much mm-hmm. that wasn't. I wouldn't change a yeah. damn thing. It's beautiful. And I mean, it's such a fitting way to close the night, to close this chapter of IZW, and I think that's what is resonating with me now. You know, you. You talk about this show, but the show goes on and you'll, you will do the next show uh, without John and, and, and IZW will continue without him and it will feel very strange. Uh, but the impact that he's had, the influence that isn't going to go away and that we're going to, to have in IZW in Arizona wrestling for a, a very, very long time. And it just makes me so proud to see IZW grow into this next phase in this next chapter. And I don't know why it feels like this next chapter, literally, because it does feel like maybe a, a book is closing, a chapter is, is closing for one person, but continuing in the next with Psycho Circus, um, scheduled for Saturday, August 27th, um, as you move into, you know, the next show. Luckily, not just two weeks away. You have a little bit more breathing room, but we do head into uh, the crowning of a new IZW uh, Women's World Champion. Uh, We continue to see, uh, of course, what is next for some of the staples of IZW, including Gina Rivera, uh, Lights, Camera, Faction, Jacob Austin Young, uh, Joe Graves, uh, and and so much more. You know, Thugnificent, uh, EJ Sparks. You know, we know that their stories are going to continue, and what that looks like and where it's going, who knows? I mean, the the marquee players on the flyer for Cycle Circus is Final Destination, and it does seem very fitting that now you know that they've lost one you know half of the tribe in the Hawaiian Lion. You know. Uh, it leaves almost like this new this space in IZW is vacated. And it's been very clear that Final Destination's intentions is to take over IZW. Um, and they're, they're going to do it, you know, one show at a time. So it it is the closing of one chapter moving on into the next in, in Cycle Circus. 
I'm going to let you, Greg, you know, you talked about you having some additional thoughts, you know, just final thoughts on King of the Jungle and, you know, just everything, especially even the past two weeks between Cool Town Clash and, and King of the Jungle has been a very eventful few weeks for IZW. It's funny because coming out of this weekend, Cool Town Clash feels like it was a month and a half ago. And it was yes. two, two and a half weeks at this point. Um, <laughs> and that show was so special because what we got to do, present to the people of Coolidge, all of that. Um, I'm thankful that there's three and a half months before the next one. I really am. Um, and and normally we won't have two shows in two weeks. Like that's just not a normal thing. But we, we one of the things, you know, we, we just talk about what's next for IZW, right? What do we do? We've got footage. We've got a great product. How do we grow it? How do we fit more people? What do we, how do we present it? Do we take it anywhere? Do we, we, how do we distribute things? And as we talk about those possibilities, and there's some possibilities out there, um, when I talk to Nav and, and I talk to, to Morgan, we talk about, we cannot change this. We can't, whatever opportunities are there, we can't change what we're doing. We can't change what this is. And, and, and as I talked about that and, and, you know, and Michelle's great. She always talks about, you know, the stuff that you do, you did it again, you did this, whatever. And, and we were talking to him. It was like, you know, we can't change what we do. And she looks at me, she's like, you make magic. Mm-hmm. And, and again, just like the, the, just like the plaque, like I was just floored. She's like, you literally make magic happen. Like I don't book matches. I book moments. And, and you look at the high spots of the night where, you know, the whole thing with, with, you know, smooth talk through the final destination and, and PP Ray and the legends and the match and all that. And the Ironman match and, and the interactions with, with, with Graves and, and Jacob Austin Young and, and all the stuff with lights, camera faction, like, and, and I don't even always make the magic in the moment. Sometimes the wrestlers do when lights, camera faction gets kicked out of the match with Graves and Graves is standing in the ring doing their cut thing that they always do and leading the crowd and chanting cut at lights, camera faction as they get kicked out over the ringside area. Like just those little things and, and, you know, counting off and, and, and he counted all four members of lights, camera faction, then said one dude, and and just just all those little things and 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 just you know this is the first time that Gino's been there he hasn't had a microphone in his hand and cut a promo so he's telling mm-hmm. a story without talking and 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 to have have Morgan just be like whatever we do we cannot be put in a position to not continue to make magic and that's yeah. what is so important and I we will not change our product just for an opportunity. Because that's the reason why we have the opportunities is because of what we put out there. That's why we've literally got people begging for tickets and, you know, mm-hmm. hanging from the rafters this time. And, and, you know, we literally had every chair on the truck set up and still had people standing around. Um, and, and that's just a testament to what we do. It's a testament to the career of the Hawaiian Lion, the testament to the product that we put out there. Um, and it's just got to be that magic. It's just got to be that that. That situation, that scenario, you know, I went to the building an hour earlier than everybody else because I was so mad that we had to use the work lights in February. And yeah. We couldn't use the fancy lights because they were all sit- pointing in the wrong direction. And their stage manager and I sat there and positioned all the lights uh, for an hour. And and he even fixed one that was broken. And and it looked great. And, and we, because I wanted yeah. it to look perfect, especially for the Hawaiian line, but also for IZW. And, um, 
you know, and, and it's interesting because you always talk about what are you, you know, your, your personality. And, and I, I, you know, you can look at our, and Peter Avalon talked about this backstage. Like you can watch ICW and you can see some Memphis and you can see some Monday Night Raw uh, in, in what we do. But now I think it's, and maybe I'll eventually name a show this. Now it's, it's to me, it's, it's a magic show. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I get. I just came up with this just right now, but it's a magic yes. show. And that's what it's going to be from now on. Yes. We hope that you all join us at Psycho Circus on Saturday, August 27th. Again, we know some information about Psycho Circus. Like we talked about, we are going to crown a new ICW uh, Women's World Champion. And we already know two competitors of five that are going to be in Psycho Circus, and that is Bryn Thorne and Morgan, uh, as well as more match and talent announcements to come over the next few months. Um, and I mean, continue to ride high into this next chapter of IZW. Um, and the hits just keep on rolling. A, a big congratulations to everyone who was a part of, um, you know, King of the Jungle. And, uh, you know, uh, just congratulations to, to you. A big congratulations to, to John. And now, you know, in this new chapter in his life, um, you know, and, and, being able to have the best send off that I think anybody could uh, imagine. Um, and again, he was able to do it on his terms, on his timeline. Um, and with that, when you're able to do that, it brings a lot of special moments and thank him too, for sharing that with everyone um, and a- allowing people to be part of that because we grow so close to others in professional wrestling and um as fans especially people have seen him wrestle for years um to be able to share in those moments is something special and valuable so congratulations and a big thank you no absolutely i i just don't even know what else to say this is an amazing career an amazing person and Thank him for everything he did for me, everything he did for everybody in that ring, everything he did for IZW. Um, you know, the, I think the biggest compliment that that he can be given is that all those things are talked about, right? He was always there. He was this and he was that. He always made everything more credible. And in mm-hmm. pro wrestling, we are – we're taking this thing that's a show. It's a work. And we're presenting it as if it's real. And – I can't think of a single time where the Hawaiian line was in the ring where people did not have to worry about suspension of disbelief. He made it easy. And he made it easy by what he did and how he worked and how he performed. And I think that's the greatest compliment you can give a pro wrestler. You made it easy for people to suspend their disbelief. You made it easy for them to believe. And every time he was in that ring, they believed. Whether it was... You know, with no ropes against Joe Graves, whether it was crowning Thugnificent as the Isaiah World Heavyweight Champion or whether it was on his final night um, and everything in between and all the things he's done from, you know, the, the Patique in Arizona to the sets in Arizona to, you know, Budokan Hall in Japan. Like he <laughs> always delivered a realistic, believable performance that made sure that every single person in that audience believed. 
And uh, that's what wrestling is all about. It's all about believing. It's all about being a fan, especially mm-hmm. for us, right? Because we're in it. We see it. We know it. And yeah. and being able to pull people out of that and, and give them, you know, they spend their hard-earned money and they want to be entertained and they want to believe. And every single time out, he made them believe. Yeah. That's big shoes to fill. Well, it's, it's a big void that's left. Yeah. It'll be weird. Yeah, it really does. It'll be weird being It'll there be in weird. August. And not being like, is John here yet? Because he was always late. Mm-hmm. And not seeing him hand the Navajo Warrior a Coke Zero as they always did. Um, they did it on Saturday. That won't happen again. And and that's weird. Yeah. But like you said, it, it, it goes on. And that's the way that's the nature of the wrestling business. It just goes on. Um, and, and, and those are big shoes to fill and somebody will fill them. Okay. Well, that does it for this episode of the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco such good super such good shit show pal the 10th we've had such a a memorable episode highlighting everything from uh, IZW King of the Jungle you know we're going to continue to do this at the end of every IZW show whether I'm there or not but I will be there on August 27th, uh, one that I'm just very excited for. IZW is home, and it's always weird when you're away from home. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, there was plenty of other people around. Uh, again, a big shout out to uh, Jacob East um, and Jeremy, Jeremy McPeak, uh, for, you know, their dynamic role and, you know, stepping into these shoes, uh, for King of the Jungle. Uh, tickets, of course, are available, correct, Greg, for Psycho Circus. Yeah, we're currently in pre sale mode right now. So it's the opportunity to get front row VIP for the cheapest price possible. Uh, they are selling very well. So don't delay on that. It's, it's been very happy with how. Things are selling. It's weird. The The May to August transition is usually a little longer because we run earlier in May. Um, and just that time frame, you know, we do sell tickets at the door. We did sell tickets at the door. But um, it seems like we get even more online sales than normal for that. And people are definitely taking advantage of the pre-sale. Nothing's been announced yet for VIP yet. They want those tickets. And we're going to do something special with that. But, um, yeah, obviously people can follow along. They can go to izwrestling.com. At IZW Wrestling AZ has all the links on every post for the tickets. You can buy them, get them for Psycho Circus, and soon for the Return to Coolidge in September as well. Um, just a lot of really good things that that uh, that we're very excited about. And of course, follow us on social media. You can follow me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter and hashtag spelled out. You can find Greg at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as uh, the Chairshot at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. You can also, well, visit thechairshot.com. Uh, for all of the podcasts on the Chairshot Radio Network. And of course, thechairshot.com, your source for wrestling news, analysis, sports entertainment, and sports entertainment. Thechairshot.com, always use your head. And don't forget, prowrestlingtees.com. Thechairshot.com, always use your head. 
I'm just here trying to sell t-shirts. I'm trying to make money here. And you keep interrupting that. It's what I do. It's my thing. Pro pro wrestling tees.com forward slash the chair shot. Uh, and of course, 20% off when you use the promo code mayhem, it's only available for 24 hours. So you may have even missed the window, but if you didn't, Go ahead, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Use mayhem to get 20% off your entire order. Thank you all so much for listening. We know it was a long journey, but one we wouldn't have done any other way. Again, the hashtag Miranda show and Greg DeMarco super such good shit show. Pal, the 10th is done. Thank you to my co-host slash your host. And me, which co-host slash a host uh, for this. And Greg, you know how we do it on these shows. So go ahead. I'm going to let you start and then I'll do mine. Well, hopefully they can remember to always use your head. And of course, don't forget to always keep it soft style. Chairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.